I want to talk to you today about the position of service the position of service and how that as God's children, once we are saved, we are saved for the purpose of service. Jesus has saved us for the purpose of service. Let me read to you. I'm not going to read the whole story in John chapter 13. You can go there if you want to and read it yourself, but we've gone over that the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to start in verse 12 and it says here, so when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table, He said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Praise God. Praise God. In the 1800s, there was this famous violinist. He was, he was an Italian violinist named Niccolo Paganini. And he had this marvelous violin. It was unique. It made this beautiful sound made out of a particularly unique piece of wood. And uh, this guy was famous for his musical ability. And when he got close to his death, he put in his will that he was leaving this famous violin to the city that he was born in. There was only one condition, though. No one could ever play the violin again. And so upon his death, he was put in a grave, put in the ground, a marker put over his body, and the violin was taken and it was stored away, never to make music again. The title of my message today is Keep the Music going. It is our job to keep the music going, to keep what God has given us flowing, going out, reaching out, and not to let the music, not to let the love, not to let the message die. For Paganini had thought about himself. He he had wanted his violin to be attached to him and him only, so that anyone who ever saw it, touched it, or thought about it only thought about him. For if it got into someone else's hands, they might become attached to the fame of this marvelous violin. But he was thinking only of himself. And I look at the story of Jesus, and, and I think of Paganini, who had been given the gift of music. He'd been given the gift of music, and music was really bigger than he was, but he didn't want it to be. He'd been given this gift, and instead of passing it along, it died with him. Not only that, he'd been given this marvelous violin that was so unique, and it was the method, the way that he could express the music within him. Without it, he could do nothing, but with this violin, he expressed the music that was in him. He'd been given two gifts, the music and the way to express it. And instead of passing it along to someone else, he kept it to himself. And when he died, the music died. And I think about Jesus walking around this room to these 12 men and what he had done for them. You know what the love of God does for us, what the love of Jesus does for us is so amazing. Words can't describe it accurately. That's why Christians often struggle to express the joy. Paul said it's unspeakable and full of glory. It's not connected to our situations or our circumstances. It's joy beyond our circumstances. It's joy that's inexpressible that earthly words and English language 
cannot express. I think of the love of God in that room that have saved these men from their lives of sin, that had delivered them from certain death, that had given them eternal life and hope that had transformed their lives. I think of the love of Jesus and what he's done in our lives, how that his love is transforming. It's not that we discovered how much we love him. It's that we've discovered how much he loves us and that we build our lives upon his love. His love is, is so amazing. We, we, we try to describe it. We try to share it. And it's so hard to do with just words. And, and that's why today I want to equate the transforming love of God to music. I want you to see it like you would see music. For when you hear a beautiful song, you don't try to describe it to others. You share it with them. You let them listen to it. For words can't describe music. Music is more than lyrics. There's words to it often, but it's more than that. There are chords that speak and, and there are uh, chord progressions that describe and set an atmosphere. And there are melodies and harmonies and rhythms that all come together to say more than words can say. That's why we're so moved by music. That's why we love it so much and why we put it in our cars and in our movies and, and in our church services, because there's something indescribable. It touches a part of us that words can't express. And, and I think of what God has done for us in those terms. Yes, God has done so much for us. His love for us has transformed us. It has changed us to know the love of Jesus has transformed us. God has given us such a precious gift. We as God's children have received salvation. We've received wholeness. We've received healing. We've received victory. We've received the promise of eternal life. We've received so much and it hasn't been dependent upon us. It's been dependent upon him, which is what makes it so marvelous. It is the music of heaven that's been dropped into our souls and we sing it and we love it. And it's so beautiful and amazing. Yes, Jesus gave the disciples this amazing gift of his love. It was his love that was the gift, but it was his life that was the expression of the gift. He gave them not only his love, but he gave them his life. For his life, every day he lived, the perfect life he lived was an expression of his love for his disciples. An expression of his love for us. The, the, the time that he submitted to the will of the Father in the garden and the wheels began to turn and things began to go, take place and, and the, the, the cross was in front of him and he faced it and he could, have, he could have stopped it. He could have changed things, but because he loved us, he expressed it in his sacrificial death. Yes, he willingly gave his life for us and he arose victorious and, and he walked among the people for a short period of time. And then he went to, to the father with a promise that he would return. You see his life was the expression of his love for us. His love wasn't just a feeling. He didn't just sympathize for our sin and our condition. He expressed love by acting for us, by serving for us. I am among you. He said, as one who serves. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Paganini had been given a gift of music and a way to express it, but instead of sharing it with the world, he let it die. 
Jesus had given his disciples a gift of his love, the transforming power of his love, and his life was there. And he's telling them in this moment, you see what I'm doing for you? I want you to go do that for others. He's telling them, I want you to take the position of a servant. If you want to be greatest of all, if you want to make an impact in the world, if you want your life to matter, you must bow on your knees. You must touch the worst parts of the world and you must serve them. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. He was giving them an example, teaching them a lesson. He was showing them, this is how I want you to live. There's going to be a temptation for you to think about yourself. There's going to be a temptation for you to sit on a seat of holiness. There's going to be a temptation for you to think of yourself as loftier than others. But I want you to think of yourself as the one who serves others. Let me read a few scriptures to you today. Hallelujah. Galatians 5, 13 through 14. For you were called to freedom. Brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. As each one has received a special gift, Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. So then all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Philippians 2, 3 through 5, do nothing from selfish, selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves which was in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible continually, the New Testament continually teaches us to take the posture of a servant. If you want to be greatest in the kingdom of God, you must be a servant. Jesus wants us to take the posture of a servant. And he gave us the example of how to do it, how to take the posture of being a servant. First of all, we have to see others. We have to recognize and I know what you're thinking. Well, of course we can see them. Of course we see other people, but I'm talking about having a vision of who they really are. You see, Paganini could see other people, but he only saw them as his audience. People who could adore him, who could give to him, people he could benefit from. He didn't really see them as people who he could pass the torch to, who he could share his gift with. And even enjoy the fact that they might become better than he is. Sometimes we don't see others. We don't have a vision for others, but God has called us to have vision, to truly see them, to, to see them, not just, not just see the problems they have, but to see them, not just to see the circumstance they're in, but to truly see them. And here's a bit, here's a good one. Not just to see the past that they have, but to truly see them. 
God has called his church to have such vision that we see people the way he does. You know, I've preached a, a lot of funerals and, and it has occurred to me over time that the reason pastors speak so highly of people at funerals is not because they don't want to offend the family. It's because they're really talking about people the way God sees them. And while the world sees all the faults, all the junk, all the failure, God sees the good and God sees the wonderful. And God knows that if you would just submit and let the Holy Spirit baptize you into Christ, that, that you could become so amazing, that you could become who you were meant to be. And, and, and Paul said in 2 Corinthians, uh, he said in chapter 5 that uh, we have been made new, new creatures. All things are passed away. All things are become new. We like that. We enjoy that. But the verse before that, verse 16, he said, we don't look at people according to the flesh anymore. We don't look at Jesus according to the flesh. What did he mean by that? He meant that we're not judging people by the world's standards anymore. We're not seeing people by the world's standards anymore. We're seeing them through the eyes of Jesus. I want to challenge you, church, that when you pray, you ask God to help give you vision so that you look at your co-workers and your neighbors and your family members the way God looks at them and you see them with a heart, not just of sympathy, but of empathy that you try to realize, try to have compassion for them, try to put yourself in their shoes and understand. One of the most transforming things God ever spoke to me was this revelation. I was thinking about people and how that their own choices put them in bad situations. And there were particular people in my mind. And I was, I was thinking sort of judgmentally as we can do. And the Lord dropped this into my spirit. Listen to this. He said to me, Mylon, if you had been born into the family they were born in, if you were given the same gifts and talents they were given, if you were raised in the same conditions they were raised, you would probably do worse than they are doing now. It's easy sometimes when we sit from our place to judge other people because we're not in their shoes. But God has called us to Look at their situation through their eyes, from their experience, to have true empathy for them, to care about them, not just their situation, not just to get them through the day, but to truly help them live, to truly help them experience, to help them hear the music of God's love. We have to see them before we can do anything, and we have to see them the way God sees them. If we want to take a position of service, we have to love them. I mean truly care about them truly love them and truly care about them. God wants us to love them in such a way that our hearts hurt, that we can't, we don't, uh, we don't want to see them in that condition. We don't want to, to just close our eyes and move away. We don't, we don't want to look at their lives and say, you know what, that's not my problem. I don't need to take care of that. I wish things were better, but I got my own situation to take care of. God doesn't want us caring about them in such a way that it's just a feeling he wants us to have the kind of love for them that He has for us. The kind of love that's overwhelming, the kind of love that's transformational. Let me ask you a question. Has anybody in your life ever loved you in such a way that it transformed and changed your life? I think of my parents' love for me that's transformed and changed my life. I think of my wife's love for me that has transformed and changed my life. I think of my kids' love for me that has transformed and changed my life. God wants us to love people in such a way that it changes their lives. 
We got to see them as God does and love them as God does and not just love them, but love them in a way that turns into action. God didn't just feel for us in heaven. No, he sent his son. His love was demonstrated in the life and action of Jesus Christ. Yes, God wants us to serve them. God wants us to position ourselves in such a way that we're willing to get down. You can't wash someone's feet without getting down and being willing to roll up our sleeves and get into the dirtiest parts of their lives so that we can truly help people. And to do more than say, I'm just going to pray for you. And, and, and Look, I believe in prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. But Paul said something remarkable. He said, look, if you, if you see your brother in need and you have the ability to help them and all you say to them is, I'm going to pray for you, and you pat them on the back and send them on their way, well, you've done nothing for them. God wants you to be the answer to their prayer. In fact, most of the time, listen to this, most of the time when God answers prayer in the world, it is through the body of Christ. It is through parts of the church of Jesus. It's through an individual who senses the unction of the Holy Spirit and is moved to give money, to give time, to lift someone up, to say a word of encouragement, to be an example, to share truth. But we've got to be willing to do it. We've got to be willing to serve. We've got to love in such a way that the love moves us to action that I just can't sit still knowing that there are people out there that don't know Jesus, that haven't heard the music. There are people out there that have never heard how beautiful the message is that don't know. And I can't sit here and enjoy the song, enjoy the beauty of his love and not share it with someone else. Yes, we've got to see them. We've got to love them. We've got to serve them and we've got to sacrifice for them. I'm going to lose some people here because too many of us, we give to others off the top of what we've already got. In other words, we get a mountain so high that we've got extra to give away. But I want to tell you something. Sacrifice isn't a sacrifice. Not a real sacrifice unless it hurts. That's the nature of sacrifice is to give something away that you desperately want or even need to somebody else. And if you're really going to serve others, it's going to cost you something. In fact, many people today will not truly love others in their life because it costs too much. And they're not willing to give of their time. It's my time. It's my life. I'm going to spend it doing what I want. They're not willing to give their money. It's my money. It's my money. It's my resources. It's my blessings. I want it. They're not willing to give away uh, parts of their, their family and their, their home. and They're not willing to open their lives up and their doors. And they, they don't want to give because it's going to cost them something. Let me tell you something, though. A sacrifice hurts, but the reason a sacrifice is so important because it's never a loss. It's a seed. Everything you give to God in sacrifice is a seed planted that's going to return a harvest for Jesus Christ. You see, Paganini could have planted the seed of music in another life. He could have given his violin away to someone younger, and the music could have blossomed and grown and become something magnificent. But the music died with Paganini. Listen, I don't want the music to die with you. God has given you a unique gift. He's positioned you in a unique place in your life. You are on your job for a reason. 
You're in your family for a reason. You live in this time for a reason. I know some of you wish it was 1950 or you have a romantic notion of the 1700s or you wish that you lived in the future when all of this trouble was over with, but I want you to know God placed you here and now because you've been given gifts. This is your opportunity and your contribution matters. You are a missionary and your world is your mission field. The audience is listening and you're a musician. You've been given the gift of God's love. And what you have to offer matters. Take what God has given you and learn to share it with the world. And how do you share it? You take the position of servant. I'm not here to lord over you. I'm here to serve you. I'm not here to be better than you. I'm here to serve you. I'm not here to be above you. And I'm not even here to be beside you. I'm here to be beneath you, to serve you, to lift you up. Oh, glory to the Lord. Listen, those who lower themselves in this world will one day be exalted by God in the next. Hallelujah to the name of Jesus. I want to take the position of a servant in my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You see, your contribution matters. And when all of us work together, when all of us do our part, it's not one person, it's all of us in the body of Christ together. And when all of us do our part, that is the symphony of heaven making music here on earth. Glory to the name of the Lord. Are you getting this? That the world can hear the very soundtrack of heaven, the beauty of heaven. That thing that's greater than words can express is seen in the service and love of the body of Christ. Yes, we are a symphony that work together, child of God. We work together and every member is important in the symphony. It isn't one person that matters more than the rest. Yes, all are working together in concert and the conductor is running the show. And when it's not your time to play, you sit patiently and you wait and you know the music, you know the score and others are doing their part. And, and at some points they stand up to the front and everybody notices them. But there are other times when they move back and you sit and you wait patiently and no one is jealous of other musicians that are in the symphony. No, in fact, they complement one another because listen child of God the harmony of us all is better than the melody of one of us hallelujah and so you wait patiently you know you have a gift that's been given to you the gift of music and it's yours and it's unique and you wait and when the conductor gives the cue you step up in humility and you become a part and you play your part and you serve others and you share the love of God and you are who God called you to be and you make an impact in the world and the beautiful music of God plays for the world. And we don't play for the applause of mankind. We, we play for the conductor. We play for the, for the sincerity and for the honesty and the reality of the music. For we are connected to the music that the, that the conductor has written for us. And the conductor, of course, being Jesus Christ. And it is his message. It's his score. It's his music. And we remain true to it. And we don't play it for the applause of men. We play it so that men can be affected by it. We play so that the world can hear it and want to know the same Jesus that has played that melody, that harmony in our hearts. Hallelujah. Are you capturing this today, church? We can't let the music die. In fact, now more than ever, 
in a world that seems to be silent spiritually, that seems to be uh, playing uh, music that is not in sync, out of rhythm, out of harmony, noises being made, everyone doing their own thing, let the church, let the church play the music of heaven. Let us play the harmony of heaven. Let us position ourselves as a group of servants. Hallelujah. For how will the world know? How will they ever know that there's a God? How will they know that Jesus is his son? How will they know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? They won't know because of our strong arguments or our many words. They won't know because of our famous preachers and our large buildings. They won't know because Christians take political power and have influence in the country. They won't know because of any of these reasons. No, they will know because of this. They will hear the music. In the body of Christ, they will see a group of people who live to serve. We will serve because we've been served. We will love because we've been loved. And as we all do what Christ did for us, they will hear and they will know that there is something real about the God we serve. There is something real about the faith we live. There is something real. Oh, so I'm saying to you today, we can't let the music die. We can't let it stop. We can't let it end. We have to keep declaring. We have to keep declaring from the position of service. We have to say to the world, we love you and we're willing to get down with you and we're willing to get into the mess of your life and help you as a demonstration of what God has done for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I say to you today, don't let the music die in your own life. Somewhere in Italy today is a useless violin. Today, that violin has been eaten by worms. There's holes all throughout it. It's warped and unplayable because a gift that doesn't get used decays. Don't let your gift decay. Don't let the music die. Paganini had a selfish mindset, and it's easy in this day and age, especially in the West, where we are so blessed. We are so incredibly blessed. Oh, God has given us so much in this country, and we have so much at our feet that oftentimes we can get in the mindset of the world and take the position that says, what about me? What about for me? We can even use the gospel as a mechanism to get wealth and things for ourselves. We can use the scriptures as an excuse to line our barns and, and fill our places with things and the pleasures of this world, thinking that he who dies with the most toys wins. But I want you to know the truth is really this. He who dies with the most toys still dies. And it is how we conduct the symphony of our lives on earth that's going to make an impact on what God says to us in the next life. I don't want to be one of those people who just scrapes into heaven, 
who has collected all of the pleasures of this world for himself, who's lived a position of give me, give me, give me, only to squeak into heaven. And all of those things I've collected, all of those accolades, power uh, of fame and, and, and wealth and treasure, all of that stuff stopped at the gate of death, stopped at the point where we enter into the next life. They're not coming with you when you go. No, I want to be someone who brings people with me. I want to share the music. I want them to take the message and the love that's been given to me and share it with the people around them. I don't want it to die with me. I want the music to live on. The music's bigger than me. When I was praying and think about the, thinking about this this morning, it occurred to me, if you because the music had been handed off to me by someone else. And if you want to trace where it came from, you can go through my parents and you can go through their parents and they, my parents might be able to tell you how or who shared the love of God with them. I'm not sure if they could, but if you go back very far, you're going to lose track. And you know why that matters? It matters because the music is more important than us. The message of God's love is more important than me. I don't want to live a life in such a way that my ministry is attached only to me, that, that I leave a legacy where my name is remembered. No, I want the music to go on so that if God tarries and three or four or five generations from now, the love that I'm sharing with the world, the position of service I have today is continuing on. And the only name that's remembered is the name of Jesus Christ. And the only thing that matters is the music of his love and the expression of his life. Are you capturing this today? You can live a life of purpose, a life that matters. And listen, it's not to get above everybody and move them where they need to be. No, if you want to lead, if you want to serve, that's the way to make an impact on the world. That's the way to keep the music going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Father, I just pray right now for the body of Christ that we would be filled with the music of your love. The expression of your love, the expression of the transformational love that you have for us, love that expressed itself when you left heaven and you came to earth, Jesus, and you lived a humble life and you were tempted like we are yet without sin and you lived to perfection and you faced the cross when you didn't have to and you willingly laid down your life and you defeated death and hell and the grave and you rose victorious and you made the promise to us that you would return again to receive us unto yourself. Oh, glory be to the transforming power of the love of God that fills my life has filled my life with meaning and hope and purpose and God so that when no matter what happens to me, even death, God, it cannot change the foundation of my life. It cannot change the joy of my spirit. It cannot change my eternal destiny in you. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the music that you've given me, Lord. I will forever in my life do the best I can to share and express to the world the love that you've given me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So we ask you, Father, to, to help us see ourselves, Lord, not as unimportant, but that every part of this symphony matters. That we play an important role and that when you give us the cue and it's our time to step up, there is no deed too small that doesn't matter. There is no part played that isn't important. And give us the courage and strength to step up proudly and play our part, not with jealousy, but in harmony with others in the body of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. 
Let us be true to the word and true to the true music of the gospel. Let us not get distracted with the world's compositions, but let us stay focused on the true message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord. That as we work together, Lord, we make a sound that the world has never heard before God. It is the symphony of heaven. It is the expression of God's love seen through the body of Christ in the position of service. Thank you, Jesus. So I pray, God, help us see people the way you see them. Help us love them the way you love them. Help us serve them the way you serve them. Help us sacrifice the way you sacrificed for us. All, not for our own glory, but for the glory of God, for the maker of this music, for the one who's written it for us to enjoy. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen.